Hey there, DC family. Before we get started, I wanted to let you know that our audio video team of volunteers have taken some huge steps forwards this week as we've started using the software and the hardware to be able to produce a live stream service even when we are back in our building. We're excited for that target date of July 5th as we are looking to open our physical campus once again on that day. But we also understand that for some people, online is going to continue to be a better option as different people feel safe to different levels with regathering. So what I want you to know as we jump into this service today is there's some behind the scenes things going on as we use some new equipment that we've changed the production. And you'll probably notice that there's some different camera angles as we're not in a studio anymore. So thank you so much for doing church with us today. Here we go. There's a country artist named Maren Morris and on her new album, she's got a song that I would love to share the chorus with you of it. Here it goes. One danced you through love, one rocked you through lonely. Mixtape your heartbreak and made you feel holy. For the hits and the misses, for the fire and rain, close your eyes and listen, because there's a song for everything. Well, I don't know about you, but for me, that really rings true. And music and great songs have really informed a lot of my life. I, my life has been like a song, soundtrack of, of songs. Have you ever got a song stuck in your head? You just can't, can't seem to shake it? That is my life all the time, 24-7. I know you feel real bad for me. But, but literally, it's been so shaping in my great songs have really spoken to different stages of my life. And even in my spiritual life, great Christian songs from Christian writers have really lifted my spirits and helped me form uh, my own cr uh, Christian character. And so they've been so instrumental in, in my life. And we know that, that music is powerful. We know that songs are powerful. In fact, that's probably why advertisers know how to use songs, because if they can put a catchy song on an advertisement, that sticks with us, whether we like it or not. Or think about movies that have these movements of song and music that really, really spurs the imagination. It can make, create these powerful moments. We know songs are so important. In fact, you probably have a song right now that's one of your favorites. So take a minute, if you've got someone nearby, uh, share your favorite song with them or one of your favorites. Yeah, take a moment and do that right now. And, and even tell them why you think the song is so special. While you're doing that, I want to introduce a new series that we're starting today. We're kicking off a new six-part series that I really hope you'll make an effort to be with us every weekend for. And this series is going to cover some amazing parts of the Bible, one specific part of the Bible we call the Psalms. And this new series is called Psalms, the Prayers and Songs of God's People. And we're going to look at six key genres in the collection of Psalms that cover a variety of, of different subjects and themes like thanksgiving and praise, lament, royal psalms, imprecatory psalms. That's a weird word, right? And we're going to cover all of those topics, and we're going to discover that these really are the prayers and songs of God's people. And as we'll see today, and I'm hoping by the time we're done even today, that, that you'll agree with me that every day we get this opportunity to sing a new song. Because truly, there's not only a song for everything, but a psalm 
for everything. And every day we get to wake up and sing a new song. Why? Because God has blessed us with a new day. So we have every opportunity to thank him and praise him for giving us one more day. So each of us has a song to share every day when we wake up. Hi, I'm Pastor Ben. I'm so glad that you are with us today. Uh, whether you're a regular with us, you're a regular Dallas Church uh, uh, member, or, or if you're, you're just tuning in for the first time, we're excited that you're here, and, and we're excited that we get to, to, to journey the, through this six-part series together, kind of looking at this curated view of the book of Psalms. Now, Psalms is the largest book in the Bible, and arguably the most spiritually forming book in the Bible, both for the past, present, and even into our future. And so I'm excited that you're here to share that with us today. And today's message is simply titled, The Wisdom Psalms. So let's pray together before we get started. Our Father and our God in heaven, we come before you and we just ask for your wisdom uh, truly today as we lean into your scriptures. Father, speak to all of our hearts. Help us to be receptive to what you have for us. And Lord, help us to develop and, and, and hone that idea of a, of a new song every day. So Father, speak now by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So if you have a Bible or a device, start finding the book of Psalms in, in there. And, and I've got my, my well, pretty road-worn uh, printed copy of the Bible, but I want you to find that for, for you as well. It's great when, when you're going through scriptures like this and we're doing this together, that you engage with us, that, that you take uh, your, your, your device or your, your Bible and turn to the same places that we are and really get a chance to, to lean in with us. And then, of course, after Sunday, to be doing this Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, to take it into your week. So start finding the book of Psalms. And uh, as you're doing that, I just want to talk about the word psalm. Now, we talk about there's a song for everything, like S-O-N-G in, in our English language. But when we look at this book, it's, it's got the title Psalm, P-S-L-A-M. What does that mean, Psalm? Well, it's, it's not a word that we use very often. And, and it's a word that comes from the Greek language. We just kind of stole it from the Greek language. And, and the Greek word is psalmos or psalmoi, which really is kind of the idea of plucking strings on a harp. Now, in Hebrew, it's mizmor which just means song. And then when we look at what the Hebrew people uh, called this collection or these psalms, they called them Tehillim, which means praises. So literally, we are going to be studying in the next six weeks this, this songbook of poetry with praises set to music. That's what we're looking at in, in the book. Let's, let's talk about more uh, before we get into our first psalm, which is going to be Psalm 1. This collection has about 150 lyrical poems in them, and, and it's meant to be, to be used with music. So these poems are meant to be accompanied by musical instruments. In fact, the first 90 or so of these psalms have musical notations here and there. And, and, and there's words like selah in there, S-E-L-A-H. And, and we don't really know for certain what that is. It might have been a musical pause or a, a notation for the musicians, or maybe it's something for the choir master. So we see those, those, little, those little musical notations throughout uh, at least the first 90 or so psalms. And we see uh, other uh, little notations like melodies of, of certain songs. Now, over time, we may have lost some of those melodies, but we have these musical notations reminding us that these were meant to be accompanied with music. Now, originally, the collection was five separate books. 
And now, of course, they're put together for us, compiled into one. But they used to be five separate books. Now, some people say that the Psalms are the height of God-given literature. That's how powerful these are. And now, most people attribute the book of Psalms to David. You know, remember King David, David and Goliath, he was king of Israel. A lot of people will, will just assume that he wrote them all, and he wrote a good, good number of them, either directly or indirectly through people that he knew. He, he has about 70 or so, maybe, maybe about half the collection. So uh, that makes sense that people would say, you know, David wrote them. But actually, a lot of other people uh, contributed works, including people that we don't even know. Many of the songs uh, are, are, are just marked as, as unknown or anonymous. And, and early on, these were probably a collection of, of, of songs, at least, that would have been used in the temple, specifically Solomon's temple first. Now, Solomon was David's son. And Solomon built the temple, then the people of God would come together and they'd worship. And these were the, the songs and the prayers that they would use when they gathered in public worship. Now, other writers contributed, like Solomon and, and, and Moses, the sons of, of Korah and the sons of Asaph, but again, about 50 of these are just marked as anonymous, which includes the one that we're going to look at today, Psalm 1. And as I mentioned before, the Psalms have so many different themes and genres and, and subjects, just cover a whole variety of, of human thought and emotion, really to help all of us express how we feel toward God. And, and, and these were used for public and private times. The Psalms, they, they come from people that, that encountered God, and then they, they were inspired to write them. And then because of their writing, we get to take these Psalms and encounter God for ourselves. In fact, one scholar wrote that in the Psalms, we see all the range of human emotions displayed. Complaint and praise, penitence and innocence, pessimism and optimism, imprecation, that's that interesting word again, intercession, hate and love, sorrow and joy, yet all the psalmists agree within the realm of faith in God. In fact, someone has said, the psalms are the faith of the scriptures put to music. So these, these, this collection of, of 150 or so psalms, these were very special for God's people they have been for a long, long time. The Jewish communities loved these psalms. They would use them in their synagogues and their worship gatherings. And then as we got to the first century, which is the time of Jesus, the early church began to adopt this same prayer book as they would get together and, and they would pray and sing. So these are just valuable for the people of God. And they've been that way for a long time. And they're still valuable for us now. As you start to read the psalms, and I really encourage you to start doing that, We'll talk more about that in just a bit, but you'll, you'll notice when you're reading these, they're not necessarily like the songs and the lyrics that we're used to or the poems that we're used to. Uh, for us, especially maybe when we were kids, we were learning, you know, poetry. A lot of times poetry has this, this meter to it and a lot of it had rhyme, you know, uh, roses are red, violets are blue. Uh, you know, that sort of thing, you're going to have rhyme to them. But the Hebrew poetry is, is done very differently. In the Hebrew poetry, they use something called parallelism. No, I'm not going to jump into a lesson, you know, um, in geometry. But parallelism is basically this idea in Hebrew poetry where one line will state 
a truth, and then the next line or stanza will kind of say the same truth, but this time with different words. So it's kind of a parallelism of thought, you know? This is true, and then they'll restate it that same way. So a parallelism of thought. And it's true, I have to admit, over the years and over the centuries, we probably lost some of, some of what, what the original sounded like and, and, and even what, what, what people, how they reacted when these were used in public and private worship. I realize that over time we lose some of that, but these are still, like I say, so powerful, including the psalm that we're going to do today, which is Psalm 1. So hopefully you've had plenty of time to pull that up in your Bible. I'm just going to read it out of my old trusty worn uh, Bible here, and I'm going to read down Psalm 1. So let's do that now together. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season. Its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Well, that's a a powerful first psalm in the collection. And there's probably a lot of reasons why that's the first one that kicks off this collection. Because I think it kind of sets the tone for the way the people of God live. You see, in that psalm, we get kind of this illustration of two different ways to go in life. Now, we call this psalm a wisdom psalm because it has kind of practical, you know, down-to-earth, this is, this is the best way to live, kind of the best practices, not unlike the book of Proverbs, So as I read that, you may have recalled some of what maybe you read in Proverbs, which is the book right right close to the book of Psalms. And Proverbs is basically a book of wisdom, sort of like a mentor teaching maybe a younger person kind of the ways of life and how to honor the Lord in all kinds of parts of life. And so this, this, this kind of this wisdom idea, both in Proverbs and of course in this Psalm, basically show us here's how 90% of life works. You know, 90% of life is, hey, you, know, you, you get up, you do good work, you're not lazy, it's going to work well for you. You treat others right, it's going to go well for you. So, so it's about 90% of life. There's, there's always exceptions, I realize that. But the wisdom is trying to help us understand, here's the way of the Lord, and when you follow the way of the Lord, things are just going to generally work out better than following the way of the wicked. So again, back to Psalm 1 now, we see these two roads, these two ways that you can go. And it's a contrast between the way of the righteous and the way of the wicked. Sort of a a life and death decision, the way that the psalmist is writing this. The one way is going to lead you to a fruitful life, and the other way is going to lead you to destruction. I I like what one scholar said about this particular psalm. You'll notice at the beginning, there's almost like a a three-stage walk into the way of destruction. That the righteous are very careful not to walk in this way because there's a progression that happens. I mean, first of all, we begin to accept wicked advice. And then the next stage happens where we begin to, to be party to those evil ways. 
And then finally, that last stage, right before we're on that road to destruction squarely, we begin to adopt fatal and evil attitudes that lead us directly into destruction. There's this progression that happens. And, and maybe, maybe you didn't catch that. Listen to the progression that the psalmist says. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. So this is a person who's not going to be accepting wicked advice. And this righteous person nor stands in the way of sinners, meaning they're not becoming party to evil ways, joining in. And then finally, the psalmist warns us that the righteous person does not sit in the seat of scoffers. Now you're squarely in all of those evil attitudes, and that's where you have a new base. And when you're there, you've taken all three stages toward that road of destruction. That never leads us where we want to go anyway. And so we have this contrast of the way of life. The way of life is, is being planted where we can be fruitful. You see, God's people march to the beat of a different drum. So what's wise? Well, it's not conforming, like the psalmist told us, to those ways of evil, to the ways of wicked. It's, it's not conforming to the ways and advice of those who don't love God. And instead, it's you and I being transformed. The people of God are transformed by Jesus and listening to his word and then producing fruit. Two different paths you could go. It's our spiritual act of worship when we allow ourselves to be not conformed to the wicked ways, but to be transformed by the ways of the Lord. And in that way, the wise are the ones who worship daily. Psalm 1 calls you and me to sing the song of wise living, to be a people of blessing, to, to produce fruit, to follow the ways of the Lord and not the ways of the wicked. So the question is, what is your song today? Is that your song? Are you singing the song of wise living? And if not, why not? I encourage you to, to, to take a different, a different path, to, to spend more time listening to Jesus and his word and his advice more than anybody else's advice. That his voice is the one that you listen to and, and, and hear more than anybody else's voice. That Jesus himself uh, told us when he was, he was here with us in the first century that, that his sheep hear his voice. They know his voice. Do you know his voice? We learn his voice by studying the scriptures, by praying the Psalms. Maybe this week you pray Psalm 1 in your prayer time. We make scripture and prayer our regular rhythm. Spend more time with the Lord than we do with anything else. We know his voice. So are you listening today? You see, when we spend time in the word, even spend time in, say, books like Proverbs, we build our, 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 our spiritual formation and, and we build spiritual and wise muscles to help us navigate the world. You know, some of you, maybe, maybe today, you, you're going to start a prayer journal where you're going to start praying the Psalms and, 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 and writing in there what God is doing in your life. Have a scripture reading plan. These are ways that we walk with the wise. These are the ways that we avoid going down roads that we never want to go down, the, way, the, the road of the wicked. So here's the point today. The wise worship daily. That we're spending time with the Lord, we're praying, praying the Psalms, we're spending time in Scripture, maybe we're prayer journaling, 
We're spending time with, with the Lord because the wise worship daily. And every day when we wake up, it's a gift, right? So we can sing a new song. Sing the song of the wise. Listen to what, what early church leader Paul wrote to his friends in Ephesus in the first century. It was a, it was a, it was a group of, of Christ followers there in Ephesus. And listen to what he wrote in one of his letters. This is Ephesians 5, verse 18. It says this, Be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look, there's a, there's a psalm for everything. Study those psalms in the collection. There is a psalm for everything. Let's be people who are shaped by God's word, the scriptures, embracing the psalms as our prayer and song life. During this series, as we get moving here, and this is just week one, I really want to encourage you to spend that time with the Lord every day. And, and maybe you're going to choose a psalm. That's, that's how I do it. I like to, every day when I spend time with the Lord, I usually open or close with a psalm. And I try to actually pray the words as I'm reading them. I'll close my eyes or keep my eyes on the text and actually pray that. Because there's a psalm for everything. And the wise worship daily. Here's the challenge for this, for this whole series. And, and, and here it is. And it's kind of cheesy, but hopefully you'll remember it. The psalm challenge is, a psalm a day helps keep evil at bay. A psalm a day helps keep evil at bay. Well, you may be thinking that, wow, this, this sounds great. I, I want to walk the way of the wise men. I, I want to be, be following Jesus. I want to be producing fruit. But then you're asking, well, I've never, never made a decision to follow Jesus. You can do that today. It's very simple. You start with faith. Faith is the big one. You believe that God is who he says he is. That he sent Jesus' son to, to live and die on a cross for your sins and then to be raised to new life, to offer hope and freedom. That's what we believe. We believe that he is true. We trust in the Lord. That's faith. And then we repent. That is, we repent of our sin. You know, maybe you found yourself walking the way of the wicked like we described in Psalm 1. And you're like, I don't want to go that way anymore. It's destructive. I want to turn and follow Jesus. That's repenting of your sin and your sinful ways and turning to follow Jesus. That's repentance. And then confession is, I'm going to confess before the world. I'm going to tell the world. I'm going to tell my family. I'm going to tell the church. I'm going to tell, tell my community that I am a Christ follower. I need God in my life, and he's, he's forgiven me of my sins. I confess that I need him, and I'm going to be his follower. And then you, you get baptized. That is, in Christian baptism, we're buried in the water, buried to the old life, the old way of walking with the wicked. We're risen to new life to walk the way of Jesus and produce fruit. And then we begin again, living the wise way, living as a Christ follower. And, and that's something that you could do today. If that's your decision today, we're so excited. We want to celebrate that with you. Please let us know. Reach out to us on our social media channels or our website, dallaschurch.org. We really want to hear from you. But, but maybe you've already made a decision to follow Jesus, and you're like, well, Ben, what's for, what's for me now? Well, again, I would encourage you to make psalms a part of your regular rhythm as you're praying and singing. Keep a prayer journal. Maybe you've never started one. Have a reading plan if you've never done that. Spend time with God because the wise worship daily. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you. We thank you for your wisdom that you, you impart to us through the scriptures, uh, through the Psalms, through Proverbs. Thank you, Lord, that, that you give us wisdom. In fact, you even promise that you'll give more wisdom when we ask for it. So, Father, we pray for more wisdom. Help us to walk the way of Jesus. And, and Father, help us to, to remember that, that we make worship a daily thing. 
And so, Father, I pray that you would empower each of us, everyone listening now, that we would make worship a priority and make you King and Lord of our lives each and every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.